You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We're going to go around the conference, give you the latest on just about every team in the SEC, including a quarterback transfer. That's right. Someone entering the transfer portal. Also, we will catch up with Brad Logan, longtime SEC reporter. We'll get his thoughts on the first four weeks of SEC play. We'll also preview each of the four games in the conference this week. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this one. As soon as it comes out, each and every day, we're here for you five days a week. All right, so much to get into going on in the SEC this week, despite only four games happening this week. With the bye weeks and everything, this was as planned, as scheduled, but we only get four games this week. That means a lot easier to watch all of them, but let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. Mississippi State quarterback Garrett Schrader announced he is transferring out. He took to Twitter yesterday afternoon to say he would like to thank his teammates and coaches, but with three years of eligibility remaining, he has entered the transfer portal. The heavily bearded quarterback, as you may remember, played in 10 games last year as a dual threat at quarterback. In fact, had some really good running ability, had a 100-yard game or two. Made a switch to wide receiver this year, but only has one catch on the year. So the former four-star quarterback... Telling Mike Leach, I'm hitting the road. It should be highly sought after. We'll see where he ends up. Two of the top three yards per catch players in the SEC this year come from Alabama. Not a big surprise there. Sophomore John Mechie leads the way. He is averaging just under 25 yards a catch. Ole Miss tight end Kenny Yaboa, he's second at 23 yards a catch. And Jalen Waddell is third at 22 yards a catch. Bama certainly showing off that big playability. Mac Jones is just killing it with those two guys. Now, also speaking of Alabama, big news in the NFL as the Miami Dolphins named Tua Tagovailoa their starting quarterback moving forward. They have a bye week this week, but Tua will start to take those first team snaps for the Dolphins. Really impressive for a guy who just a year ago had hip surgery and some said, will he ever play football again? Now, also, speaking of Alabama, the Bama-Georgia game over the weekend drew monster ratings. 9.6 million viewers tuned into the CBS primetime game. That was up 3% from last year's Notre Dame-Georgia primetime game on CBS. The game rated higher than any of the NBA final games on ABC in recent weeks. Pretty impressive. And speaking of Georgia, they've got the week off, but, man, they could really use it as they are banged up. Senior DB DJ Daniel battling an ankle injury. Sophomore running back Kenny McIntosh hurt his knee in the Alabama game. Senior D lineman Devontae Wyatt, he is still sore from Saturday's game. And junior wide receiver Matt Landers has been limited with a shoulder injury. So Kirby Smart coming out saying almost all those guys should be good to go when they take on Kentucky next week on Halloween. But much needed rest for the Georgia Bulldogs. Over at Tennessee, Cade Mays spoke with the media for the first time this week since since he transferred from Georgia, Mays was asked why he transferred from Georgia. And his response, quote, it wasn't really for me, you know? So I felt like I had to transfer. And so I did. And now I'm happy with where I am. As you may recall, it was a very contentious transfer waiver process for Cade Mays to 
gained eligibility with his lawyer coming out and calling Georgia, quote, a toxic environment. Doesn't seem like any love is lost there, but Georgia does have scoreboard as they beat Tennessee head-to-head a couple weeks ago. Over at Auburn, Gus Malzahn is still showing faith in his quarterback, Bo Nix, despite recent struggles there. Malzahn said yesterday he thought Nix competed, quote, his tail off in the loss to South Carolina. Nix did have some physical runs and made some nice throws despite throwing three interceptions in that game. Chance for Auburn's season to really derail this Saturday, though, as they travel to Oxford to take on Ole Miss. They're looking to avoid dropping that one. If they do, they'll be at 2-3 and three on the season. And a lot of folks will be wondering, is Gus Malzahn on the hot seat? And what was he thinking bringing Chad Morris over? Hey, you know that guy who just messed up everything over at Arkansas? Yeah, let's bring him over here. Let's get him calling some of our plays for us. And some good news for Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou ahead of their game against Kentucky. Eli says the Tigers do not have any players quarantined for COVID-19 currently. That is a first after they have had guys out for weeks, either testing positive or out due to contact tracing. So we may actually get to see what Mizzou's full team looks like this weekend. Now at South Carolina, Will Muschamp talked about having to prepare for as many as three LSU quarterbacks this week. And if you haven't heard, LSU's starting quarterback, Miles Brennan, it's very doubtful to play this weekend. He suffered a, quote, significant injury to his lower body during the Missouri game two weeks ago, as, as Ed Ogeron told the media this week. If Brennan cannot play, LSU will be forced to play one of its two true freshmen, and they may just end up playing bo- both, T.J. Finley, and Max Johnson. Max Johnson is the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. How does that affect the defensive game plan for the Gamecocks this weekend? Well, Will Muschamp said, I think there's a lot of similarities between the quarterbacks. All of them are big guys. Both Finley and Max Johnson are guys we are familiar with on the recruiting trail. Watched a lot of their high school tape. Said they both have athleticism to extend plays, create things in the run game, which they somewhat do with Brennan as best they can. So, again, we're just going to have to prepare for all three guys going into Baton Rouge on Saturday. For Derek Mason at Vandy, it's been a while since they played a game. Of course, they have their bye week this week. Their next game will be played on Halloween against Ole Miss if they have enough scholarship players available to meet the SEC minimum requirement of 53. Derek Mason on a Zoom call on Tuesday said, I can't tell you where we're at right now. Can we get to where we need to be? Possibly. Are we there today? Absolutely not. The uh, Commodores had only 56 scholarship players in their last game. That was a 41-7 loss to South Carolina back on October 10th, and their game against Mizzou last week was postponed when their player count dropped below 53. So here's hoping Derek Mason and the Va- and the Vanderbilt Commodores. It was going to be a rough season anyway, but my goodness, can't imagine having to deal with a breakout of the coronavirus among your players and getting beat down in all the games like they are. And that is going to do it for this edition of Around the Conference. Coming up next, we will talk all things SEC with longtime reporter Brad Logan. Is Alabama the clear-cut best team in the SEC? I think so. Who's second best? We'll discuss that next. Hey, midway through the week, that means we are halfway closer to another weekend of college football, and that means one day closer to being able to unplug, to unwind. And for me, the best way to unwind is is cracking open a Coors Light. Saturdays are my time to chill. They should be yours as well, and there is nothing better 
than relaxing on the couch with an ice-cold Coors Light. Mountain Cold Refreshment made to chill. Take some time to check out. Have a little me time. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport and drinking a beer. When you grab a bottle or a can from the fridge, when you see the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. And the best part, if you're already sitting on the couch and you don't want to leave your house, you can get Coors Light delivered straight to your door. Head to get.coorslight.com. Fresh Coors Light could be on your doorstep before you know it. Coors Light is your doorway to relaxation. I know it's mine. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I've been hearing from a lot of you that you are taking advantage of the specials currently with our buddies at Built Bar, and I could not be more excited. I've been telling you guys about Built Bar for a while. They are no doubt the clear-cut best protein bar on the market. 18 amazing different flavors. They are unlike any of those bars you find at your local health store or grocery store. Built Bars are healthy. They taste amazing. None of that chalky aftertaste you get from some of those protein bars. I'm a big fan of the German chocolate, but they have so many varieties. You're going to find a flavor that you love the most. 19 grams of protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, perfect for that post-workout treat. Or if you want to start shedding some LBs, use it as a meal replacement. But most importantly, you have to remember to use their promo code. It's a new one. You can get 20% off. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your order. That is promo code locked on. Get 20% off right now at builtbar.com. Welcome back to Locked On SEC. Just a reminder to subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five star rating wherever you catch. Our pod, we are here for you five days a week. Excited to keep the uh, SEC football talk going with our buddy Brad Logan. Been covering the SEC for many years. WJTV Sports and host of the Brad Logan Show. He joins us now. Brad, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, enjoying the sunshine here in North Mississippi. And, uh, and, hey, I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. It's a, a great day. We're playing college football amid everything that's going on, Chris. And I'm just excited that we're able to play football, to be honest. Absolutely. I think we're grateful for every day that we have football here because it was in such question over the summer. Uh, let me ask you, Brad, four weeks in, what do you make of this SEC football season so far? Well, to nobody's surprise, Alabama is still Alabama. And we saw that this past Saturday night. They they have a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, and, and what they've got more than anything is a running back uh, in Najee Harris that can take over a football game at any moment. And, you know, We've seen this Alabama team over the last couple of years be running back you. I had a chance to, to look back at some stats and, you know, gosh, there's probably eight, nine, ten even, you know, NFL running backs that are that they played at Alabama. And it, it, it's unbelievable what they've been able to do at the professional level. Just look this past Saturday, I'm sorry, this past Sunday with the Titans, who, by the way, are 4-0 uh, up in Nashville. And we've been able to see what they've been able to do uh, with their running back, uh, what, 200-plus yards, and, you know, it's just amazing to see what Derrick Henry's been able to do on the professional level. And there are just so many. You know, Josh Jacobs, a, fly, a guy that, uh, that that never even really started at Alabama and has seen sub- uh, substantial time in the NFL in the running back slot. Uh, but but more than anything, you know, past Alabama, I'm not sure who comes in at number two. We, we've seen Georgia. We've seen them uh, kind of roll out some things and do some some, some things well. We've seen Texas A&M beat a Florida team. We've seen Florida look pretty good. 
I think there's an argument to be made who the second best team is in the conference. And I'll be honest with you, Chris, after two or three, it's just kind of a hodgepodge. And then at the bottom, you've probably got Vanderbilt, you know, probably Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So uh, it's it's been an interesting year. I think that's kind of uh, funny to say that at this point from where we are with the season. But I think more than anything, we've seen the cream rise to the top. And uh, so far that's been Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, and then a little bit of Texas a and yeah, I've been saying I, I feel like this year the the SEC could cannibalize itself, and you know you wind up with a lot of teams with four or five losses potentially. But obviously Alabama looks like they're in a class of their own. Uh, we only get four games in the conference this week, Brad, with a bunch of bye weeks. So I want to get your thoughts quickly on each. Let's start with Ole Miss, a team you follow closely. Huge game for Auburn. I feel like uh, they dropped to two and two. Ole Miss is one and three, kind of licking their wounds after that six interception performance last week against Arkansas. Uh, how did things get so bad for Matt Corral last week after he looked so good through the first few weeks? I think a lot of it's Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator for Arkansas, who right now is the leader in the clubhouse for the Boros Award for Defensive Coach of the Year. Uh, what he was able to do to absolutely just just scheme the heck out of Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy and that Ole Miss offense was, to, was just masterful, masterful, Chris. And, and, and here's the thing is, if you look at what Arkansas did, they did the same thing to Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris the week before. And, you know, I'm just so impressed with what uh, they've been able to do from an offensive staff and, more importantly, from a defensive staff. And Sam Pittman came into a very just, – just a terrible situation. And he has absolutely turned that program on its heels in a good way. And so you look at what they did, just, just taking Ole Miss completely out of its game plan and the Rebels now 2-2. Two and two, uh, you felt pretty good if you're Ole Miss coming on, uh, coming after losses to Florida and Alabama. You, um, gosh, you play well at Kentucky, and we, we've learned after we saw what Kentucky did to Tennessee last week. You know, Mark Stoops got a good program, got a good team this year, and so they were able to, to beat Kentucky, and then they kind of laid an egg last week against Arkansas. So Ole Miss has got an Auburn team coming in, and Chris, they're two and two, and they're an official's call away, away from being one and three. And if they're one and three, I don't know that Gus Malzahn is the coach this week. Um, so both Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris have their backs against the wall. And, and Ole Miss fans listening will say, if there's a team that ever comes to Oxford with their back against the wall with a coach on the way out, it's Auburn. And they always seem to find out and find out what they're doing wrong against Ole Miss. And it's, it's happened for years. Nothing is is more different. Nothing is is, is any change from what's going to happen at eleven o'clock at Oxford. I think Gus Malzahn has to win. I think they're going to win, but I think he has to win on Saturday or his coaching time at Auburn is probably over. Uh, if they can't come to Oxford and beat Ole Miss, I don't think there's a path to victory or a path for him to stay. On the flip side, I like Ole Miss's chances if they can somehow take care of the football, if they can somehow find some receivers other than Jonathan Mingo and Elijah Moore to catch the football, if they can find some receivers to step up and that offensive line to continue to play pretty well, I think they'll be okay, uh, but look, it's going to be difficult against an Auburn team uh, that that's pretty much has to win, so I like Auburn's chances this weekend in Oxford, 11 o'clock kick. Yeah, I think the most Googled thing in Auburn this week was Gus Malzahn buyout, because I know it's been on a lot of <laughs> yeah. people's minds. Uh, are people happy with the job Lane Kiffin has done so far? I know 1-3, and three, not great, but they're a fun team to watch now. Yeah, it's 1-3. and three. It's all about how you got to be 1-3. and three. I think... Um, We'll see if it was an anomaly the way they played against Arkansas. 
you know, this weekend. They played well against Florida and Alabama, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Ironically, Chris, the defense played pretty well. <laughs> but I think, you know, Arkansas is definitely not the offense of Alabama or Florida. So I think that says a lot about the Ole Miss defense. They stepped up. They played well. They had four, I believe, three or four players who did not play due to COVID protocol. So, you know, Lane Kiffin's hoping they get those players back this week as they play Auburn. Yep. I mean, Matt Luke didn't leave this program in a great spot in regards to morale. He left it in fairly good shape, especially on the offensive side of the ball in regards to talent. Defensive side, not so much. So I think Lane Kiffin's going to get a pass one way or the other this year. I think the fruits of his label will be seen next year and the year to come. That's when he'll be judged as his time set coach at Ole Miss. A quick thought on some of the other games this week, Brad. You think, does Kentucky keep their dominant defense rolling into Mizzou this Saturday? It's been so impressive what Kentucky's defense has done these last two weeks. I get it. It's Mississippi State and Tennessee, but Tennessee was a top 25 team. And, yeah. and you know, that's a good offense when they're rolling, but Kentucky completely shut them down. They did. It's the best game of the day, Chris. I, mean, I love folks uh, Greenfoot's at Missouri, and I love Mark Stoops at Kentucky, and, and mainly because they're doing what they're doing with what they have. And what I mean by that is they don't have that five-star talent at those programs. But what they're doing is a lot of what Mississippi State needs to do. Mike Leach is not getting those two- and three-star players to play like five-stars like both Missouri and Kentucky are doing, and for the most part, Arkansas. And I think that's what we're seeing right now at both Missouri and Kentucky. Both those programs are inching their way up, inching their way up so close. They need that win over Florida and Georgia to kind of cement their, themselves in the East. Right now, they're not there. They're middle of the pack, but they're very strong middle of the pack teams. Again, I love that game. I don't know really who I'm picking yet because I like both those teams so much. Uh, I guess I might slide Mizzou because they're at home. But gosh, Kentucky played so well against Tennessee this past weekend. I really like what they're doing as well. More with Brad Logan right after this. Continue our conversation with Brad Logan, WJDV Sports, host of the Brad Logan Show. He's been covering the SEC for a lot of years, so we respect his opinion a lot. Uh, Brad, let's get back into some of the games this weekend. The afternoon game, Alabama at Tennessee. Jared Garantano, he has come back down to earth. Is there any way Tennessee can keep this one close? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I think the Rose is off the bloom um, in regards to Tennessee this year. You know, we were all, and I say we, because I think college football is better when Tennessee is good. I, I firmly believe that. And so far, we've been wanting Tennessee to be good ever since 1998. They won the national championship. It feels like it's been downhill ever since. But I do think college football is better uh, when Tennessee's there. You know, Jeremy Pruitt had done a pretty good job. They've won some games that, you know, this year they kind of were supposed to. Um, you know, we expected them. You know, remember the first half they played well against Georgia, and it just kind of fell apart after that. And they just really played bad last week. And it, and it was more of the Garantano just throwing the pick sixes, man. I mean, he's got to be better with the football. And, and they, made some cha- they made some changes at quarterback, and it just didn't go well. So my question is, is it, are they going to be able to keep the ball away from Alabama's offense? And can they do something productive on offense? And they can, can, can they play defense enough to where they can keep Alabama from the big plays? The answer is probably no to all of that, and I just think Alabama needs to score uh, this weekend against Tennessee as Tennessee continues to, to plummet. We're going to have to see what they can do, if they can salvage the season. You know, Chris, if they can make sure and beat Vanderbilt, 
if maybe they can uh, stay close with Florida. I, I don't know right now. I think Florida's very talented. Um, so, I don't know. I'm kind of in flux with Tennessee right now, and I'm definitely definitely on the downside of the walls right now. The nightcap in the SEC, South Carolina is at LSU. LSU still trying to figure out what happened to their defense. And now we hear they might have to play a true freshman at quarterback. Miles Brennan is banged up. This could be an opportunity for a big resume win for Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks. For a guy who started the year on the hot seat, my goodness, if he gets the three and two, they'll be throwing parties for him. They will. And it was a big win last week over Auburn. Uh, you know, there's not a great deal of talent on that South Carolina team. Uh, they played good. They played pretty good defense. Um, they they did a nice job of really suffocating Bo Nix, the quarterback for Auburn, last week. I like South Carolina a lot. You know, Chris. At some point, you wonder if Ed Ogeron is going to circle the wagons with with Bo Pelini as defensive coordinator and just kind of kind of right the ship. I really feel like that's coming. The question is, is will it come this week against Carolina? Uh, I could really see this new freshman quarterback coming in for LSU and doing some good things. Look. Miles Brennan hadn't really taken a lot of heat, and you know what? I don't think he deserves it. I, I think this has all been on that LSU defense. He's played pretty well as a quarterback, and I think he's got some some dinged up, uh, some body parts that are dinged up. I don't expect him to play much Saturday from everything I've heard out of Baton Rouge. So I expect the freshman to come in and to have an opportunity. And if he throws it around, they somehow get that toss pitch sweep together, uh, and they do some good things offensively. Maybe that helps that defense. But right now, Bo Pelini is absolutely spinning. And you have to wonder if they do not get past Carolina this week, Chris, does Ed Ogeron release Bo Pelini as defensive coordinator? Oh, I think they're one big game from defensive catastrophe. And if that happens, that very well could see Ed Ogeron take that defense over himself, releasing Bo Pelini. I don't think they can afford to lose this game on Saturday for things not to get shaken up down at LSU. I think LSU plays well. I think they have a great shot of winning this game. But you talk about a resume builder. Will Muschamp going to Death Valley, following up a huge Western Division win over Auburn, and then beating LSU? Yeah, it's a big day at Carolina. And I'd look for Will Muschamp to get some form of a contract extension at the end of the year, but I expect they will win a couple more games after this one. Yeah, I'm with you, Brad. If they if LSU loses this game and, and they defense gives up 500, 600 yards of offense, Bo Pelini's yeah. head, head is going to be on the chopping block on Monday. Yeah. Last thing for you, Brad. Oh, what happened with Mike Leach after that that huge showing in week one? That offense has been straight-up abysmal the last couple of weeks. It really has. And, you know, I thought going into the year, uh, Chris, I'll tell you, you know, dating back to 1991 when I saw Jack Sherrill come in from, at that point it was Texas A&M, and, you know, he kind of turned Mississippi State's football program around. And, and he was able to get a lot of winning seasons together, and they ran the football. They ran it and ran it and they ran it some more with J.J. Johnson. Uh, you know, they ran it with – Keeper McGee, uh, so many great running backs that came through that program. And then you turn it over to Dan Mullen, and you bring in uh, a quarterback like a Dak Prescott. And with Dak Prescott, what do you do? Well, you run that football. You throw it when you have to, but you run that midline option. And I always said that we'd be looking around the press box by the Texas A&M game thinking, you know, 400 yards passing. This is the – we thought we'd never see it in Mississippi State. And with the exception of the LSU game, Chris, we haven't seen it. You know, I think a lot of it is because LSU's not very good. And then when they beat LSU and they threw it all over the field, we thought that was going to be the new norm in Starkville. And quite frankly, until anything changes, it's been an anomaly. They pulled him a few times in lieu of the freshman, Will Rogers. Will Rogers does not run this type of offense. He was recruited by Joe Norhead to run that option type 
uh, offense. Kylan Hill has not played as well as he should have. The Mississippi State running back, they had high hopes for him. Quite frankly, Mississippi State does not have the receiving core to be that type of offense. Now, the question is, is what do they do going forward? Well, the bye week, they've got to determine what type of offense they're going to run because the one they've been running the last three weeks has been very ineffective. And if they're going to go back to that traditional offense, I don't know if K.J. Costello's the guy. I think it may be Will Rogers, the freshman, turn around, give it to uh, Jacksonville Marks, the talented freshman running back along with Kylan Hill, and run the football. They've got a senior-laden offensive line. They've got a good offensive line. If they're going to run the football, they need to do it because this fun and gun just hasn't worked. Unless something changes, Chris, they're going to have to do a better job of running this funny gunner. It's going to be one and nine season. The defense is playing okay. Uh, Marcus Murphy got a little dinged up last week. He's one of the best defensive players. They've got a pretty solid defense. The question is, Chris, what do they do offensively? And that's the biggest question we'll be looking for for the main two. Yeah, they, they've got Alabama coming up uh, a week after next on Halloween. That could be a scary result, no pun intended. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of tricks or treats for coaches in the SEC playing on Halloween with a lot of big games that day. He is Brad Logan, WJTV sports host of the Brad Logan Show. Brad, let our listeners know where they can find your stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Just follow me on Twitter. That's at Brad Logan, C-O-T. And then for the uh, Brad Logan Show, uh, just look for the tweets. Subscribe, rate, and review via Apple, uh, Google Play. We're on 21 different platforms now. And then – be sure to tune into the Sports Zone with WJTV around the Jackson, Mississippi area, also available online, and uh, we'll preview the games uh, upcoming Saturday. So look forward to seeing everybody then. Hey, thanks for having me on. I had a good time. Absolutely, Brad. Thanks so much for the time. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, bud. That's Brad Logan there of, uh, like we said, WJTV Sports and uh, host of the Brad Logan Show. Been covering the, uh, the SEC for a while, and I always appreciate his opinion on things from around the, uh, the Southeastern Conference. Of course, he's... There in Mississippi, so closest to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but keeps up with just about everything. It doesn't feel like that when you when you're a fan of the SEC, even if you got a specific team, we keep up with the other teams in our conference better than most other, you know, conferences, honestly. Like, if you got a buddy who's a Michigan fan, yeah, he probably keeps dibs on Ohio State, but how much is he paying attention to what Illinois is doing or Indiana? The SEC, you're a Florida fan, guess what? You're probably watching LSU, Arkansas. You're probably watching some of the other games around the league because you give a damn. You care. It makes you a more informed uh, fan when you know what what's going on in the rest of the conference, and that's what makes the SEC great. It just means more. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Really appreciate uh, Brad Logan for coming on with us. And a quick reminder, coming up later this week, we are going to talk all things SEC with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. You do not want to miss that. Remember, you can connect with me on social media. I am at Chris Gordy on Twitter, or you can follow the show at Locked On SEC. Now, go check out our buddy John Neighbors, Locked On Razorbacks. They are jumping for joy with Arkansas 2-2 during their bye week. Have a great day, everybody. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.